Shut up and sit down. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Mike and Melissa are back for another episode. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. So Fantastic. To- today we got a special episode for you. We have a guest joining us Yay! today. Uh, I've known this guy for a number of years now. Um, we used to work together. And he's just an awesome dude, awesome family. And he wanted to share his perspective on what's going on in the economy of Nevada today. Yeah, so- he's, a good, he's a good one to listen to. You really want to pay attention because Chris... He knows his stuff, people. Yes. I'm just telling you. So let me go over and introduce Chris to you. Do it. Whoops. Let all my animations pop up. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. Happy to have a conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. So, uh, yeah, so we've been been big critics of um, our governor and a lot of decisions that uh, have been going on, as well as, you know, as we all have kids. And the school system that's been going on, we've criticized that. And so it's nice to get a different point of view. So what are your thoughts on kind of in general? And we can go into specifics in a little bit. Well, there's so much going on right now. (laughs) Um, Where do we begin with that? Let's see. Uh, Mr. Sisolak is not a, you know, I'm not a fan, obviously, (laughs) as uh, as you can tell. Uh, In my world, right, um, in the hospitality industry, it is directly affecting um, not doing only the hundreds of people that I care about that I directly uh, that work for me, but uh, across the entire valley, um, these people are, are struggling. They're losing their their positions. Uh, there's no more knowing if you're going to have a paycheck coming in tomorrow or if your company is going to lay you off in two weeks. Um, the the amount of fear that is being projected to us is is uh, almost unbearable. So that's uh, that's part one. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into that to to knowing that you have individuals like myself that have built a career out of hospitality, not knowing that tomorrow could be your last day or it could be you know uh, a year from now when you can rely on that industry again. And that's what this whole state or city has been founded on, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, gosh, my animations are just going wonky today. Whatever. <laughs> Don't pay attention to the crazy man at the bottom of your right? screen. Um, so I agree with you 100%. Um, it's just we're getting to the – I think we're getting to a breaking point personally. Um, I think a lot of people are just getting frustrated. I think a lot of people are getting to – as we're starting to see violence escalate across the country. Um, uh, it, it's time. I mean, you notice, and you mostly see these in Democrat-run cities. Um, and states. Uh, and I just think that, I mean, we're going to talk about the kids in a little bit, how they're, they're feeling it, but with the adults and like you said, there's so much fear going on and so much frustration and just with work, right? Just with work, we have, we have to worry about, are we going to be able to provide for our families? Are we going to have a job tomorrow? Um, even where I'm working, they put a deadline of October 31st. For to and see where was, we're at. Yeah, yeah I'm going to jump in. I wanted to ask Chris, um, <clears throat> when it started in March, can you kind of give us like a little rundown of how it happened in your industry and in oh, your, your um, place? 
for me personally, right, uh, I've got about 100 to 120 individuals that directly rely on me and my communication. And uh, we could backtrack before March even, and, and let's look at the end of February going into March, right? Because our D-Day for what it was was March 18th pretty much, right? Uh, Mr. Sisolak shut us down on that day. Well, leading up to that, we know that business was going to decline and travel was going to go away and um, the hospitality industry was going to suffer. Well, as a whole, we were trying to protect our families and, and my work family and, and all of that. So we, we took the time to really evaluate what we were doing, voluntarily taking extra time off, voluntarily reducing hours to make sure as a whole, as a community, we were taking care of each other for the greater good and backing a company, right? And, and making sure that, you know, Everybody's going to win here. We'll take some time off. We'll make sure we'll save money on the labor side of things to keep the doors open. And then March 18th hit. And uh, to be frank with you, uh, it was like that. Uh, there was no prior warning. There was, hey, no, nothing. It was my plan was a go. Let's let's reduce hours and see what we can do, see what we can save, avoid the uh, magical word he loves to use, a furlough. Um, but... It was unavoidable, and uh, the morning of, uh, what was it, the 17th or, or the morning of the 18th, uh, we got notice that we are shutting the doors to these hotels, and uh, we were going to relocate people who couldn't get out of town fast enough, and that was it. That was the only notice, the only communication, the only anything that these people got before getting sent home and not knowing. And, and then you can go down the avenue of myself being included, having to deal with the the wonderful Dieter site and not being able to get paid or get sufficient funds at a timely fashion, let alone reach somebody, God forbid you had an issue. Did you ever get uh, anything from Dieter or just, cause I know you're back at work. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so I was lucky enough to be deemed essential for what it was worth. Uh, by any means, I don't consider myself essential, but I was deemed essential. So I worked through the entire thing in empty buildings, um, basically doing maintenance to make sure everything remained safe and operational uh, until we got back open. But, you did tell me some of the ghost stories. And- yes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, can you please, <laughs> like, are, later on, please touch on that because that is very, the craziest thing. creepy things that happen in buildings <laughs> that are, uh, when you're alone in a big, big building and <gasps> the lights are out, there's there's some noises and things that'll surprise <laughs> you. That's for sure. So you had um, full staff. You were full, the, the hotel had full staff that morning. Correct. And then and, uh, the notice came through that we were closing the doors and it was, we had basically, I think it was what, 48 hours or 72 hours to shut down and get everybody out. Um, they had to, we had to be closed by that Friday. Uh, so I had to break the news to not only my team, but then make a million phone calls to anybody that wasn't working that day and try to be as transparent and, and give them my support as best I possibly could to individuals that potentially are living paycheck to paycheck and saying, Hey, that. Paycheck is getting shut off right now. and So you did not get, so your employees did not get any, like Mike was lucky, his job, they gave him some money. It wasn't full pay, but he did get to get some. Yeah, these guys got a paycheck after, right? So a two-week paycheck to get you through because of how sudden it was, and obviously health insurances and whatnot, which has been broadcast everywhere, are carried through up until a certain point in time, and then they get shut off. But they definitely... 
it was very, very short notice, right? So even knowing that you have a two-week paycheck is detrimental to anybody that is living paycheck to paycheck because you now have to plan your whole life off of two weeks' worth of money and not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, in my personal world, right, um, with the Dieter site, I, like I said, I got to work through this, but my wife, um, it took about, I want to say, a good solid four weeks before we saw any sort of communication from them. And what it took for me was actually writing a letter to the governor's office saying that uh, we can't get through. Um, I submitted screenshots of over 250 phone calls a day, just like you see these people in the news. It is a very real thing. I mean, we woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning, used two to three phone lines, started calling, even though we knew they didn't open till 8. And at 7.59, you'd get that message that, sorry, all lines are booked. And you can't imagine how frustrating that was. So we wrote a letter to the governor's office. We got a response, surprisingly, from the governor's office with a separate link to click on that brought me to a different website, which was able to actually reset my wife's account completely. And then the she was able to apply and get the process rolling. That's I'll have uh, to say that's kind of cool. Yep. But she never got any of the back pay. So it started from the time we got in, right, and never rolled back to when she was a that's you guys were already financially probably behind a little bit. Uh, not not crazy, it doesn't sound like, but especially compared to other households. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were doing okay. Um, I'm blessed enough to say that I had enough in my bank account to keep us afloat for a while, right? right. So I'm lucky there. I, I wasn't going to freak out until like probably month two or three if, if this didn't come on. But it definitely put an unnecessary stress in our lives to where we had to really plan out what was going to happen, what we were going to do with finances. If we had to shut things off, what were those things that were going to turn off? What luxuries are we willing to give up? How do you explain this to a four-year-old child and two 17-year-olds that just want to live life? And, you know, that was that was probably the most difficult part about that, you know, in my personal world. And I'm sure, like, as a parent, I know with us, we really tried to um, keep the kids' lives as normal as possible. It's really hard when... You know, like you said, they're three, they're four, they're five, and or even seventeen when they want to drive, and you're like, I, we don't yep. have money for gas, or you know, like that's hard to tell a Just kid like that. The, uh, I mean, the, the financial end of it is one thing, but then looking at a seventeen or eighteen year old kid in the face, telling them that they can't see their friends, or you can't have the boyfriend or girlfriend come over that they want to ever so greatly hug and hang out with because it may not be safe and you don't know what to believe in the beginning. To be honest with you, I, I was wishy-washy. Could this thing be real? Could this thing be fake? Could it, is it as serious as they made it out to be? Um, and I'm yeah, no one knew. Yeah. saying that, uh, knowing that, you know, unfortunately my grandfather was diagnosed and passed away from this. And to this day, I still don't believe that's the actual, you know, thing that killed him. I believe that it was the pneumonia, which could have been a result of this, right? But his death certificate mm-hmm. absolutely says COVID-19 on it. And uh, it was it was a process for me to work that out. But, you know, something, again, I go back to the whole, there's a million other things that have killed more people than this, and <clears> we've <throat> reacted as a country or as a world as a whole in such a way that doesn't make any sense when we've seen these things happen in the past with zero reaction from our own government. No, correct. And, you know, Mike and I, I think we told you this, Mike and I agreed um, the first couple weeks we did stay home. Those first couple weeks we stayed out of it. We were like, we'll do our part, you know, and that's because that's what people are asking. That's what the president asked for. That's what everybody asked for. So we did our part and we get that. And then it like 
kept dragging on. And I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, for me, it definitely looks at this point to be very, very politically moved one way or another, you know, and, and it's all tied into all these other things. And, and this is, again, my own opinion, but it's it, it, to me, I can connect these dots at looking into something and going, okay, you have a, you know, an action and then a reaction, and our reaction to something that may have not been as scary as they thought it was in the first was too late for them to pull the plug and revert back because the damage was already done. So now they have to run full steam with it. And uh, that's kind of, I think where we're at and, you know, going back to the kids and the whole nine, and everything else, it, it, it seems to be a point in time right now where they're trying to divide and conquer. And this is creating a extreme amount of division, not only in the workplace, but at homes and, and all sorts of stuff, just because, you know, Growing up, I was always taught, right, right, humans are tribal people, right? We're meant to be a community. We're meant to take care of each other. We're meant to be around one another. And the more events that separate us, whether it be race or violence or any of those many, many topics, they put this big gap between us. And when you're alone and in solidarity, you're easier to be controlled and fed things to be taught and thought and, you know, conditioned to put your mind where they want it versus where, you know, I want it. I want my family to grow up helping everybody, right? I want my family, myself included, to give and be kind and take care of your neighbor and, and have this sense of community, whereas I watch the world being ripped apart right now by a political set of, you know, wolves, and it's just getting destroyed, and that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I, was, I, I think Mike and I have always talked about, like we've always said, like people are social, they need to be around other people. We weren't meant to be, like you said, in isolation. Well, we, we have a wolf pack mentality, really. Um, you know, oh, I like the tribal. I like like tribal. tribal. Wolf I like pack. it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 all related in the fact that, um, like you said, we have to we look out for each other, uh, just like a family does. It's like a pack, just like a tribe. Um, and the reason that it, I I think it really is, um, easy picking. Like you said, that was actually a great thing to say. Uh, easy pickings for whether it's government, whether it's some other agenda, or whatever the case may be, to go after the American people because now we are going into a highly stressful, highly emotional. I mean, suicides have been skyrocketing. Um, domestic violence, domestic violence, mm-hmm. child abuse, mm-hmm. drug abuse. Everything's been going up because of because of this, and it's still going up, even though we're kind of back at work. Uh, some people are, but there's still a lot of people who are not. And there are how many business owners and families have been devastated because, um, you know, they they lost their livelihood. <laughs> they literally lost it. They saved up. They put all their money into it. And a lot of business owners, people don't realize this. I do because or we do because we used to own a business is. There's so much of your money that goes into it, and you don't get very much back, despite what many people believe about business owners. Oh, you're a business owner. That must mean you're rich. No, like you could barely be making it, and we eventually had to shut down, not because of this, but just because uh, we didn't have the clientele. And just that alone, like we weren't making any money, so we had to close down. Now you're artificially shutting down everything forcing people not to make money and make a living despite they have a family to take care of. So it's, it's just ridiculous. I think. And and the backup to that whole piece is 
they do these decisions without having a solution or a cushion behind yeah, it, right? Exactly. I can understand if you had to shut something down, but because of that shutdown, you will receive this, right? Or you will get none of that exists. It was, hey, let's shut everything off and see what happens, right? And now we're seeing what happens is you can, again, you go. I go back to that divide and conquer. You're taking out small business. You're taking out all these little things, and you're pushing people away from each other. And all you got to do is control one small group at a time, and mm-hmm. eventually you get them all. That's so that's such a um such a true fact like cuz you can it's like you know you separate the herd you know like like wolves go for yep. the the weakest part or lions go for the weakest part of the herd they separate that out conquer that and then move on and it I ne- I never thought of it as like that pack mentality of what they're what they're trying to do that's yeah, you can look at it uh, you know even in the business sense of the world right you have these big businesses that their number one enemy is not anything other than middle class america in my opinion right that mm-hmm. is their number one thing that they want to destroy because they want to control it right if big businesses and pharmaceuticals included and all that are able to control the majority of us then they win Right. And so how do you do that? You can create these divides, a race divide, a race war that you you encourage the rioting and the looting and all this stuff to happen because on both sides of that, you're going to have loss. And when you have all this destruction happening, you win. Right. At the end of the day, as a big business, if I could shut everything down and burn it to the ground, it is never going to come back. And now I've divided the American people. I've taken out the middle class or I've lowered it down to a level that is more where they have to come to me, right? They have to go to a Walmart. I have to go to this because none of these other things exist anymore. That's like, I feel like we're on this eve of a table turning to where it can go one way or the other. And I was going to ask you, like, where, because you've been in this town for so long and you've seen, like, we've been through things. We get it. But you've seen it. So in your opinion... Where that where that line gets where we table top off, is there a way that Vegas can come back with community support? Right, I don't I don't I want to extend that to not local community. I'm talking your average day global. American family, oh, yeah. global if you want to call it global, or even just the United States. Right, um, just like they're talking about how New York might be dead now, or this or that. Right. The, when travel comes back and people feel comfortable and they no longer have to live in fear of their safety, everything can come back, right? And and to be honest with you, it can come back now. Everything that's in place, if you were worried about something, we're following guidelines, right? The, everything that we've been taught by CDC and Fauci and all these other assholes. I'm going to get into wanna, that in a little bit, right? CDC. <laughs> right, they, they want to dump down your throat. Well, okay, I'll play your little game, right? But at the same time, there's so many other roadblocks being built while they're setting up these little decoys over here. Okay, you wear a mask and you can come to my business, you can game and you can do this and you can do all that. And oh, but you can't sit at a bar top, but yet you can go sit over here on a couch, right? Like all these, oh, we'll play your game. Okay, it's safe. You can come. We'll, we'll play by the rules. But as soon as we start doing that, then they go, oh, okay, well, now we got to find these states that'll go, well, if you go to Vegas, when you come home, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Or if you go to New York City and you're going to go somewhere else, you have to quarantine for two weeks, right? If I wanted to go to Hawaii right now because the flights are so cheap, I'd have to live in a hotel room for two weeks. They let me out of my room once a day with a key pass, and then after the two weeks of me proving that I'm not sick, then I can go to that well who could do that right as a, a normal travel that's, like a three, that's like a three to four week vacation right. that's insane and two weeks of it is prison and I, I was gonna say i love you but i don't want to be trapped in a hotel room with you for two weeks right. i was it's already just, trapped in here right. with you for three months uh, right? so, <laughs> no it was rough it was rough <laughs> uh, look I, I, I love my wife i love my wife as well uh, <laughs> but, very, very much so, but i can tell right? you that, that 
that much closeness is, you know, a little, it's a little too much. Time, you, know? yes. right, you need a little me time. You need a little breathe time. You need to be able to relax, right? And right just now, like the ladies need to be around the ladies, the guys need to be around right, the guys every right, once in a while. Right. So. I want to be able to drink a beer and, and let it out, right? And, and when you're stuck with your significant other and family in close quarters for that long of a time, you, feuds are going to break out. All these things are going to happen. It's going to take it. Well, and then add in their money stress. Oh, absolutely. And health stress. Absolutely. And kid like, stress. And yeah, right. all that kind of stress. How, that just how did is your like kids kindling. handle that over? Oh, you touched on it, but I want to So the older ones, um, you know, my little one's four. So he doesn't know any better, right? Uh, right now he runs around the house going, I can't go to the park because the Rona. Uh, you know, so that's the <laughs> thing. Funny, and I mean, he's I got that him. much of an understanding on we can't go do this, even though we drive past the park and we can see it and I can go play in the grass right next to the slide. My slides are taped up and I can't do that. Right. So he has a very elementary understanding of what's going on, but he's accepted that. But I'm also really good at supplying other activities that we can do outdoors and whatnot to relieve that. The older ones in the very beginning was nightmare, right? Uh, my my daughter felt like it was prison. She couldn't leave the house. She couldn't see her friends. Her friends wouldn't let her over. We wouldn't let friends over in the beginning um, until we knew, right? In the very beginning, all we did was trust and go, okay, there's a virus coming out and people are catching it in America and we got to be safe. And then the shutdown happened. So it was like, oh, crap, this is real. This is a serious thing. Um, and for her at and, and I mind probably any 16 or 17 year old at the time is going to go, I don't care. Right. I'm 16. I don't care. Like I want to hang out with my friends. I want to do me and I want to go and they're invincible. Yeah. I was right. just going to say and they're so invincible. That shutdown mentally took its toll where I watched the deterioration of like a happy girl go into this depressed slope of like, Oh my God. Right. And that's what brought me to the whole, we are social. We need, and at some point I had to look at my wife and go, okay, you know, we're a month and a half into this. She could have people over. Like I, I'm done. Like they can come here. We'll keep it limited to, you know, close families that we know the families and the whole nine and at least give them something. Mm-hmm. Right? Some kind of hope, something. Yep. Yeah, you know, no, and, I agree. And going back to the finance part of that too is even like, okay, they can't go anywhere. So now it was like, okay, what can I order off Amazon or whatever right, <laughs> to give them something to build or play with or do or whatever. You know, we were doing tie-dye stuff. logistics probably like, went through the roof and stuck. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there was all sorts of stuff where I'm like, okay, not only are we worried about money, but I also have to spend money to just enjoy life at the mm-hmm. moment because TV and Netflix and that kind of stuff. There's only so much. You, yeah. And there's only so much you can do. Like, I'm sorry, but 20 hour, like even well, 12 hours a day is just so much. On top of being uh, social creatures, we also, we're also more outdoors creatures than being indoors. Yep. And, and medical professionals have even said being out in the sun, not only helps improve the immune system, which is what you need to fight it off. Uh, <laughs> But uh, sunlight actually Im- improves your mood, your yep, hormonally, all this stuff to keep you sane, really. So. Yeah, no, I mean, we did a lot of that. We went, like, like I said, I found myself leaving the state uh, more often than I normally would because other states were inviting and were less stressed out and parks were open and kids could play. And so, you know, Utah being one of that, we went there multiple times during this just so that, you know, the kids could play on, on some swings and slides and stuff and we can go get some nature and not be restricted uh even in our own state i tried to go i think early on to uh and the natural wildlife refuge 
And as I pulled up, uh, two rangers were actually closing the roadway with cement barricades. And I got out and asked them what was going on. And they said, we were mandated to close. And I said, we're outdoors. The six-foot thing, like, there's like four or five other families. We're going to be so spread out, it wouldn't matter. They didn't care. So it didn't make sense to me when you have all these facts that are coming from these supposed experts to say, stay away, go outside, do all this stuff, but then you shut down outside. Doesn't make sense, right? Doesn't, doesn't, these two things don't add up here. No, exactly. We, we talked about that a lot, and we were like, you know, they tell you to do one thing, and yet they go and do another, or they say this is good for you, and then they go and do another, or you should do this, or it, it was just like Mike and I were just like the common sense part of it, I think, we've lost somewhere in society. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but something that common sense snob in our brain just got shut off and people are like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. And I don't understand what, ha- like, I don't understand what happened. Like, how did we get from the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, where people thought for themselves and, and obeyed the law and did everything to just now when they're like, okay, it's just a step line and sinker right into, right into what everybody wanted. Yeah. I, I, I honestly asked myself that question. Um, and to me, I, the only thing I'd say is that we've been, what back of a lack of better words, brainwashed, uh, into being this generation that we're seeing now. Um, you know, those older generations, my parents included and stuff, had something to prove, right? They had to work for what they had, and they had to put in the effort, and they had to educate themselves, and they had to do things that was going to work for them. We've hit a time in, in history now, in my opinion, that uh, you no longer have to do that. Because if you choose to do nothing, someone will take care of you, right? Me, the taxpayer, or somebody, somebody will take care of me. I can do nothing, go get Section 8 housing, get a free cell phone, get food stamps, and be taken care of probably to the equivalent of a little bit less of the life I'm living now, but not have to do a damn thing for it. So why would I bite the hand that feeds me, right? If if that's my mentality and that laziness that's in, I don't want to work for it. I don't want to do any of these things that, you know, my grandparents, that great-grandparents immigrated to this country to provide a life, right? They left something to provide a life with better opportunities, but they knew they had to put in the work. Unfortunately, I'm looking at kids these days that don't want to put in any work, right? They just want to go, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make money off YouTube or I'll make money off this or I'll oh make money gosh. off this. And they don't want to yes. put in. Or they'll just live with their parents till the 30. Right. right? That, yeah, I met somebody today right? who's like, yeah, but, I've got a kid. He's 22. He's still living with right? me. I, I like, look at myself as out. like the hybrid of the two generations, right? <laughs> I grew up in a time frame where, yeah, there's that there was that option, right? But my parents did not not let me have a work ethic. Right. So that's what it is. My upbringing was you are going to work for whatever you want because nothing in life is free and you're not going to take a handout from somebody else. I also feel extremely guilty if I ever had to. So and then I pay it back tenfold. Right. So but we've hit a time and place where that's common practice and normal now. And it don't I think that's the issue right there. Right. It became normal. It became normal and okay to be like, eh, I don't want to. But yet, somebody's going to give me something, right? I'll still end up with a phone. I'll still end up with food. I'll still end up Entitlement. with... Entitlement. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's been going on since even during those times, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, the dumbing down of America um, through every generation. Um, I think... I mean... Look at the education system. Look at the education removing, system. Right? Uh, we lost something when they changed history to social studies. Yeah. Right? We're no longer going back to learn from the past so that it doesn't repeat itself. 
right? We're removing certain things out of there going, mm, we shouldn't teach this anymore because it was uncomfortable or right. sensitive. Bullshit. Sensitive, yeah. Mm-hmm. History is history. Bullshit. It's yeah. history. I don't care if it offends you or it upsets you. It should, and it should never happen again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's how you learn, right? Exactly. It's something that was screwed up. It should upset you. You should be sensitive about it. You should you should feel something. And we're losing feeling, but social studies. And we're no, correct. Well, yeah. everything nowadays is about feeling. It's not about facts. And what's funny is if we went back. And you even saw this during when the rioting first started and how they were taking down monuments and all that junk, which is removing history. Um, Say what you want about, yeah, a lot of it's ugly. Guess what? Learn from it so it doesn't happen again. But that's That's, like, it's got to be, you've got to get to a point where it's uncomfortable. And that's where I'm okay with the feelings, right? If you're uncomfortable, I'm invoking an emotion in you that should be, right? Mm -hmm. I should never be able to show somebody something that, would be, you know, a terrible racist image or something like that and not get a response. That's, that's a problem. Scary. That's yeah, problem. that's a scary. Yeah. You should have a response going, that's absolutely horrible, that's terrible, and we should never relive that again, and how do we fix this, right? But in order to fix something, you have to feel about it. And I, in all honesty, I, I can understand and support a feeling, right, of wanting to have rage and this and that. But that's not how you fix something, right? More violence, two wrongs don't make it right, right? Burning down a, a car dealership doesn't fix somebody that lost their life or doesn't, all it does is create more harm on somebody that was innocent, and you're almost just as guilty as, as the crime that took place in the first place, you know? That's, that's kind of my thought on that, that whole deal. Yeah, I agree. Turn back too much. I was, I've, I've like been trying to sneak water while Chris is talking. I'm like, oh, you're good. <laughs> it just it's water. Um, sneak water. Unless there's something else in it that we don't. Grape flavoring electrolytes. <laughs> Yum. So uh, let me uh, do this real quick. Uh, so before we move on, uh, just make sure that you go check out our social media sites. Uh, make sure you, if you were to listen to the audio version, we're on different platforms. We actually just got onto Amazon Music. I just got us on that. So uh, that's kind of cool, right? And so that's can... why I just sit here. <laughs> and, I don't uh, of course, know. you know, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, hit the notification bell, ding, ding, ding uh, all that stuff. And if you feel like you want to help support the channel in any way, um, check out our merch store. Let's see if it pops up. Probably not because <laughs> my buttons are all screwy. Hold on a sec. Nope. All right. <laughs> there we go. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, it was late again. Yes, late all right. Again. So I told you my button's been all screwy. So, uh, uh, yeah, check us out. Buy a buy a shirt. It's the Rona. You know, it, but, it's the Rona. Your, your buttons are affected by today. the Rona. So uh, okay. So I want to get back to asking Chris more questions. Um, how long do you think it's going to take Vegas to come back? Because, well, and I know you want to talk about the CDC thing because that just is infuriating. But how long do you think? Because I'm thinking like. A year to eighteen months. What what is yeah. your take on that? I'm kind of with you there. I I honestly believe we're not going to see any change in anything until after this election, and then either way this election goes, I think we're going to see some more civil unrest uh, because of how sensitive it is. Um, so once that kind of settles down, I think people will start feeling better about traveling, and I also think magically that this virus outbreak is going to come to an end uh, around March and it's going to just poof, you know, we won't be hearing about it as much and, and people are going to feel more comfortable. Um, I think Vegas comes back to life when we see the airlines flying, flying planes again. Um, 
we see, you know, I could look outside right now and we used to be able to see trails from McCarran Airport of eight, nine, ten flights deep ready to land. And now you see one, you know, two if you're lucky type of thing. So I think once once people get comfortable or have had enough of this and will sit on a plane with a mask on, unfortunately, or whatever, and, and come, it'll come back to life. But uh, until until that level happens honestly so i think you're right i think you're we're about a year away or a, i'm gonna say about march-ish is when we start seeing that change so Hopefully. what what is your i think take? the entertainment in general vegas is just a big entertainment city um i think that's gonna be like the last thing to come back yeah to i mean else. i mean right now we're looking at no shows no bars no nightclubs none of the fun things that people are right did so, you have to wear a mask at the pool that's yes. not fun uh, at, speaking of the pools right what happens when those pools close that's the last amenity to go for us. And then yeah. we're a hotel with a casino in it. Well, and it's funny is that the pools are way safer than the casino. Tons oh. of <laughs> well, one, you're in chlorinated water that can kill just about anything. Right? And you're so, outside. And, and you're sun. outside in the sun. <laughs> yep. Yep. So what's your take on um, Germany has come out. A lot of uh, news people in Germany have come out and said, you know what? This is a farce. This is a false pandemic. We don't believe the numbers. Um, Sweden is right behind saying all that. And now Africa has come out and said. I agree hands down. I, uh, just let's go back in history and look from the beginning. They haven't gotten the numbers right once. And state by state by state. Oh, oops, we screwed up. Oops, we counted this. Oops, this wasn't supposed to. These numbers. Are, yeah, the numbers are bullshit. Their numbers are made to look like what they want them to look like, right? Uh, I'm living in this world again. Like I said, I've lost a family member to this. I'm sensitive to anybody that that has, and and it is a real sickness. I do believe people getting sick and the whole nine. I just don't buy into the hype that uh, at any given point we're overrun with something that's going to wipe out this population. I I, I think it, you know I I agree that this thing is survivable. I think that the death rate is extremely low, and like I said earlier the flu kills more people and yes everybody hates to hear that comparison but it's true right and we're coming up on flu season so what what's going to happen now is uh they're going to mix the going to protect it right yeah. they're going to mix the two together and go mm, you might have influenza but you might have covid so we're going to mush you down as covid and if you die you're getting the covid death and if you don't then you had the flu right so that's going to be my prediction <laughs> moving forward but <laughs> i mean i don't it, to me it's it's all a bunch of BS. Well, and here's the other problem with the numbers too is is now the the judiciary committee committee is requesting data from the five states that mandated uh, infected COVID patients to go into nursing homes. Nursing homes, Mm -hmm. right? So now they're looking into it. So and luckily, our governor did not do that. We can honestly say that that's a fact. It's a good thing. but he's doing other things that are also... I think he did that because of his mom. I think so, too. Uh, I think there was other reasons for that. But yeah. then he moved his mom in, in with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Uh, but so now you have... And again, they're all Democrats. They're all Democrat states. So the, the numbers, as far as the death count, have been grossly inflated. They're saying 40 to 50% of the death count is because of nursing homes. And well, if that's the case, then you're looking at possible murder. Yep. 
Oh, yeah. And I would agree there. I mean, if you look at just New York in general and what Cuomo did, my opinion is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And from my understanding, and I might have this a little bit backwards, but from my understanding, it was uh, we provided a uh, floating hospital, which was that ship. We've provided a church uh, remodel into a hospital, and he chose not to use any of them. And And the parts, too. uh, Correct. And, and they were all empty, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I believe the ship had like 17 people on it or whatever, and, and there was a handful in, in, in the church or whatnot, and then he did convert some parks. Chose not to use any of those options and went straight to, hey, throw everybody in a nursing home, yeah. right? Which leads me to a whole other theory that leads you down a rabbit hole of Social Security and taking out the elderly and the weak and feeble, right? Mm-hmm. If you wipe that out social security lasts a little bit longer you know i don't know but that's where my mind goes that is why why make that decision when you had many other options in front of you but that was the decision that made sense when supposedly this thing is the most contagious and deadliest thing in the world so let's throw it at the people that are the sickest and need the most care and are most vulnerable Mm -hmm. right that adds up like we could I don't care what side of this you're on. That doesn't add up. If you believe all the facts, right, from CDC and everybody else, that shit still don't add up. Mm-hmm. Correct. If you don't believe any of it, it still doesn't add up. No, for sure. So it, well, and I think it's funny, um, you know, when Trump then, our president, I I have to remember to go, pres- when President Trump, and not just Trump because he is our president, I do that all the time. Um, when he said Better than Whoopi Goldberg going, the man in office. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> So when he started saying like, hey, I want to get these numbers. I want the numbers to come to me first. I want to know what's going on first. I think it made a really big difference in what happened with the CDC and what happened with BRICS and Fauci and all these people now all of a sudden flipping their story to the other side because they're like, oh, we can't we can't manipulate those numbers anymore because now he's going to get them first. Right. Right. And the other manipulation of the numbers was the... uh, the fact the huge incentive uh, for hospitals to, to pay out. Oh yeah, what was it? The 30,000, 30, yeah. you know, per COVID patient if they were on a ventilator. Yeah. Like it, that's that's stupid. So now you're making an incentive to to purposely hurt people if not kill them, it, and it's just all of this has just been fishy. We said it from the start, and. But I we've also said, like Chris it. said, we we also uh, we believe there's a virus. Yeah, absolutely. And because viruses exist everywhere, and they're everywhere they can be. However, is it as deadly as they predicted? As like Ebola, assumed. At, you know, yeah, as Ebola, like or anything else. It's not. It's not as deadly. And don't get me wrong. We now know like three people who got it. So mm-hmm. it does happen. For a long time, we didn't know anybody, and now we know three people got it. They've all survived. Thank. Thank God. Um, I do, we do believe in the power of prayer, so that's a good thing. But um, I don't, you know, now they're saying it's 99%. Okay, 99.7%. Well, I can tell you okay. firsthand experience uh, opening up a hotel. I had a handful of individuals after opening positive tests, right? They have to be sent home and quarantined for the correct amount of time before they can come back, test negative, the whole, all of it, right? So that's that was what we did. I could tell you that all of them, and it is quite a few had no issues zero to no symptoms uh one had a headaches and you know whatnot but nothing nothing to where they were life-threatening or whatnot i mean they were i was checking in doing wellness checks on them multiple times a week to make sure hey how are you is everything okay do you need anything did they have to do the two tests before they come back 
Uh, we just need one, one, one yeah, one negative test, and you can come back. Are yeah. you now continually testing your employees like every month, or no? Uh, they have to test before they come back to work. So if you were furloughed or you haven't been in the property, you have to test before you come back. Um, if you come into close contact with somebody or anything of those scenarios, then we require a test. But okay. if you're on your own and you're good. Okay, because Mike's been tested how many times now? Three, four? Three, four times, yeah. They make yeah. it do it, like, like every buddy. month. Yeah. So it is what it is. I'm like, it's. I have my opinions. I've talked to you about my yeah. opinions on it. Like, Again, like I said, I, it's I, stupid. I, I will play the game that we have mm-hmm. to play to provide a life for my family and everybody else, and it is what it is. But unfortunately, uh, you know, it's one of those. No, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I do want to get into what the CDC has come out. Um so they recently came out and said that uh, even if you've been, if you know you've been exposed, that you don't need necessarily get tested, right? And then the other thing they came out and said is that, what was the other thing? You you read it too. Um, the, uh, oh, shoot. Sorry, I was looking at the creeper at the front of the house. No. <laughs> uh, that was one of them. And then, um, so basically you don't have to test every single person that's, yeah, know, there's yeah. Essentially, preaching. they came out and said, you know, like if you're not feeling sick, then yeah. don't get sick. If you don't have any symptoms, then you also there's and no which is test funny. Like necessary. last night, Mike and I were talking about it. He's like, you know, I don't feel like I have the chicken pox. Like I, you don't, but I think I should go get tested for it. Right. Like that's the same thing with this. Like if you don't have any of the symptoms and you're not feeling sick, like nowhere in scientific history. In the history of the no, world, no, you'd probably they be more uh, prone to getting it by going into a facility where people could have it when you're not symptomatic. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, and that's what like that's what um, there's a nurse I follow in Texas. She's like nowhere in the history of medicine, even bubonic bubonic plague, whatever it's called, <laughs> the, the plague or the plague or <laughs> anything else, have we ever said? You know what? You're kind of looking a little peakish. We should test you for all these things. No, but if you have boils on your face or your arm, okay, maybe we should test you. Meaning if you're showing a symptom. Yeah, if you're showing a symptom, you know, but nowhere, now they're just like, oh, you should all get, everybody gets tested. No, I'm not giving you any of my, mm -mm. So a couple days ago, the governor did uh, tweet out, uh, it's like, there's no uh, scientific justification for the uh, disappointing and inexplicable CDC charge. I agree with our health officials at uh, DHHS Nevada uh, and support continuing existing recommendation. If you come into close contact with an individual infected with COVID-19, get a test. So Right. Now you have two uh, parties fighting against each other with conflicting information. Exactly. So now here. Well, the CDC CDC totally reversed their stance. Right. A thousand percent. Right. But if you look at that, there's two reasons why, right? One, they can't pad their numbers anymore. So. Right, and if they tell people to stop getting tested, the numbers are going to go down, and this thing goes away. Mm-hmm. Right, and if, which if you which don't has test, been the plan from the whole time, you know that's what Trump right. wants. You want to drop a curve, stop testing people. Right. So, and and, and more importantly, you're not going to have the fear instilled into everybody, and that's Correct. that's the problem too, and part of the reason why everything's going on. Um, my issue with him coming out saying this is that from the very beginning, he has been. We're following CDC guidelines. We're it's per the CDC this, per Fauci this, per this, per that, um, and as well as our own medical hacks. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, they've got a lot of stuff wrong too. Uh, and now, when it, it goes against his narrative, especially with an upcoming election, shocker, um, 
he's saying, oh, well, now I don't agree with the CDC. I think they're wrong. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing. That's it, really what he came down and said. And I'm just like, mm, you're showing your cards a little bit. Um, right. Are you sure you want to be doing that? And it's coming from a man who followed the... Uh them from day one all the way through mm-hmm. up until this point all of a sudden change of heart yeah and yeah. that's a, like that's my thing like when okay, it goes against what he there his planned. narrative his plan his directive like he wants to be in charge of he's a tyrant mm-hmm. he wants to be in charge of everything and dictate everyone and the thing that upsets me the most is that people play along in into this thing like you said they've separated and they won that group over they won that group over they won, and now they're all brainwashed well here's the thing too is that i think this amongst what else everything else is going on we're having this huge awakening of people that are like, yeah, you know what? Something's fishy. I'm not liking it. And even on the on the people that are Democrat, even though they weren't necessarily Trump supporters and may still not be, at least are understanding like all of this isn't right and are want to, okay, this does need to stop. Correct. At the end of the day, right, everybody, Democrat, Republican, whatever, independent, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you can bring people together and have a civilized conversation of understanding whether you agree or disagree, you've reunited, right? You've brought people back. And it, and both parties They're trying to learn do everything in their power to, to keep that, that separated yeah. so that you can keep feuding. And when things start to get a little bit better, new distraction comes up, right? Somebody Murder gets killed hornets. or something happens. Murder hornets, UFO, NASA said UFOs are bears flying around, right? Bears uh, and my favorite one, bears and nunchucks, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, like um, nobody talked anything about the UFOs. I'm like, hello. I know, UFOs, right. hello. hello. I, I thought that would have been bigger than it was, but I think everybody <laughs> at this point in time has been like, yeah, we're probably not the only ones out there. This kind of makes sense. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I still come thought on, it was if we cool. are the smartest things out there Damn. Yeah, we're, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble, right? If we're yeah. the smartest beings, That's it. oh right? man. If we're it, then, then man, my goodness. Uh. But I, like, I think I talked to you this before. I don't think God put all of his eggs in the earth basket. No, like, I, I, I think he's got look, other. I hands yeah. down believe in God and, and all of it. I mean, I, I was raised Catholic. I, I love God. I believe in God. But I also have a logic side of me that says, man, like there's some stuff out there, right? There's things that we can't explain. And uh, why do I think he just universe? stopped at one place? Why? Right. Yeah. Why would it be so big if you're stopping at one? Right. Just let, let, throw some stuff out there and yeah. see what happens. Let's see what, ha- you know? yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't think he's exactly throwing yeah. it against the wall to see if it sticks. But, right. you know, th- this universe is way too big to be just us. Oh, for yes. sure. Uh, for sure. It's, that's really yeah. what it's coming down to. But. That's a different episode. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we, we can go. I've got all wealth of knowledge on that kind of stuff. Ooh, I mean, uh, way back in the day. We'll have to have you, know, you come back, man. You know, they they uh, technically found life on Mars the first time they brought a sample yeah. of soil back when there was uh, a microorganisms, life, yeah. microorganisms in the I soil. I missed that. Yeah. Oh that, that technically is alien life right there. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you can, look up, uh, you can look up NASA videos of astronauts filming outside of the space shuttle through the window, and the windows have uh, little critters or whatnot like little organisms Space or whatnot critters. on there that yeah. are visibly moving right and and doing things that that's life right yeah, so that take... out, that's amazing okay but, so um I, I i gotta go to the stories tell me about the creepy ghost stories in the hotel <laughs> because yeah. you had like yes you were I, Central, give you, a, but you have the you an, best stories i'll give you an experience um so during the shutdown, obviously, uh, we were walking around with limited light and whatnot to keep power bills down and the building cool and so forth. And one of our jobs was to 
walk the acres of property and uh, make sure that no vagrants or anybody else kind of broke in or any damage was occurring, again, to keep things safe. And I ended up going through one of our theaters and um, in said theater, something was talking to me. I could promise you that. And I know for a fact I was one of maybe 15 people on the property at that time frame. And I was definitely alone in that area. Um, I did go backstage because I was like, you know, I've never been backstage in a uh, in a theater. Let's see what's going on back here. And as I proceeded to go back there, seats were moving in the front of the theater. I mean, Shut blatantly up, up and up. down. I'm not gonna sleep. Shut so, up. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I mean, blatant, blatant movement of things was happening, and I got the hell out of there. I mean, I am by far not the bravest individual when it comes to something I can't see because I can't fight it. So, uh, if I can't fight you, I'm out. And I can't fight something I can't see, so I, I gladly left. Um, did run into some security friends who backed not only my story up, but came back with their own versions of, oh, yeah, last week when I was in there, things were moving and falling. And, and so I'm okay, pretty so, concerned. You said people were talking to you. Do you do you understand? I couldn't. I couldn't make okay. out what it was, but it was clearly a voice of some sort. Right? It was not an echo. It was not a reverb off something. I, I've done plenty of audio stuff in my life to know that when you hear words, it's a word. You know what I mean? It was not like just some magical thing that occurred, and it wasn't my mind. Um, mind you, when going in there and working alone, I had my music blasting uh, in the beginning part of it until I heard something that didn't line up with Spotify, shut the phone off and was like, oh yeah, there's something going on in here and immediately felt uncomfortable and was like, I'm getting the hell out. So is there any history with that theater? Like, did anyone die? Did anyone... Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been there long enough to get that full scope. So if something did, then I, I wouldn't know. But, like in the uh, past or whatever. I mean, this is Vegas. I mean, yeah. Like, did you? Did you? Did, was the hotel built over like a burial ground? It definitely or... could be. There's a cemetery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just you saying know. because that kind of stuff. Like, so you believe in God? We believe in God. If you believe in God. There's also the reverse, like there's good, there's absolutely. Light, you have the light d- with demonic dark. realm and and all Correct. of that. Um, How did I don't, you feel? Like did I don't you... feel like I was in danger. I didn't okay. feel like I was in danger, right? Um, in my but own life experiences, I've I've been in positions where I felt that feeling, so I know what that feeling feels like. Um, but I definitely didn't feel that anxiety of like I need to get out because I'm in danger. I needed to get out because I didn't understand what was happening and I couldn't see it. So I was like, okay. Time to go, right? I'm not going to disturb what's in here. I'm not comfortable. comfortable. Perfect words. I'm not comfortable. I'm leaving. But yeah. Wow. Yep. You know, and then uh, (laughs) it was it was very much the shining, walking down hotel rooms with the lights off and and having to check every single room, right? So you had these emergency lightings that were set up, and you're walking down dark hallways and going into rooms that weren't cleaned by the maids. So you had unmade beds and and. You know, I'd scare myself with my own reflection because there's, you know, I know my hotel very well. I know where the mirrors are in every room and all that. But in the dark, the game changes. And when you are alone, things start, you know, messing with your mind a little bit. So I'd walk into rooms where it would look like there was a body in the bed, right? But it was just ruffled up sheets or whatever. But you're in the dark until I could find the lights, right? So you're like, oh, you know, you jump every now and then. Or you catch a glare off something that gave you a reflection and it's yourself and you're staring at yourself and you're like, that that's creepy. That's weird. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> like, this but, yeah. So, um, did anyone ever like, did a vagrant or anyone get on yes. property? And okay. Yeah, that's happened. Uh, I mean, it happens all the time even now that we're open, but, 
um, we had to board up a lot of stuff because they would they would find their way in. I mean, the, these individuals that are unfortunately uh, homeless out there, they they know their way in and out and how to get water and food and whatnot. And and that's what they're mainly looking for. So. When when it is limited amount of people in that building, it is very very difficult to capture every entrance point yeah. or window or you know they would use shoelaces and stuff and 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 tie things to where doors wouldn't close all the way and you know you can get them open and you just have to catch that stuff and then move on from there oh my gosh okay so would they get into the rooms or no they never made it that far i mean they'd make it into uh, a hallway or like a convention ballroom type of space and and hide out and just not be in the elements Never really did any serious damage. Maybe okay. stole a couple bottles of water or, or if they found their way into a kitchen or something, maybe some food. But other than that, yeah. you know, we catch them pretty quick and off they go. Okay. So nobody ever really got hurt or injured or nothing was damaged? No. Or... They're usually good. pretty good for the most part. I mean, yeah, I mean. They, you don't, they don't really give any issues. They're not disturbing you if you're not disturbing them. And then, like, mm-hmm. granted, you don't want them in the building because it's a hazard. And, well, and, and yeah, there, I mean, they but... could be doing drugs and then start a fire. And Correct. then all of a sudden. Not all of them are doing drugs. It's no, 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 no I know that. But what I'm saying are is. Are doing like... what Chris is saying. Like, they just want to get out of the elements. Oh, and, for sure. It's just... 120 degrees. Yeah. I get that. Now, you're open seven days a week now, right? Yeah. 24 hours a day. First time in history in my career I've ever seen chains on hotel and casino doors, right? Since I've been in Vegas, they've never shut down. I've never seen those lights Exactly. Well, and it's always, it was also funny seeing security, also Metro in some places. uh, At the beginning of an entrance? Yeah, they're just sitting there at the entrance making sure no cars come in. And I'm sure you did it too with driving down the strip. And it's eerily dead. And yep. it's never like that. It's it's it was crazy. So how is your occupancy percentages? Um, like week during versus weekends and we're all trending that kind of pretty stuff. good. Uh, when we opened, we were in the low thirties, you know, uh, high twenties at some point. That was the first week or so. Then it immediately got us into the forty forty five percent range. That's kind of where we average at. Okay. Um, weekends are a little bit stronger, obviously. Uh, but now with digital school and schools being closed, we're learning that people will come and work from Vegas or school from Vegas because we have Wi-Fi. So you can come to our hotel, you can school from here, enjoy our pools and hang out. So um, we're starting to spike into the 60s, which is a good sign. That's right? phenomenal. Uh, That's we, a great we need sign. To, we need to get a little bit higher. And obviously we need the big businesses like conventions and stuff to come back. But we can't do that until Lord Sisolak right. lifts the uh, red tape. <laughs> so, so I heard, um, is CES coming back? Do you, have you heard anything? Not I heard yet. No. I haven't okay. heard. I haven't heard. The only thing I can say is everything's canceled until February for yeah. me. Right. I don't have okay. anything on the books, I think, until February possibly. Okay. Um, something that uh, you brought up that I did want to touch on is the uh, online schooling. Um, luckily, our kids are homeschooled, um, so we're not really dealing with that too much. But this your kids are not, us. right? So they're doing it. Um, it's only been a few days; this is the first week. But uh, first impressions? Horrible. Um, I don't want to knock it until we see maybe there's uh, some growth. There's That's definitely first opportunity <laughs> for growth as of right now, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, All you can do I, is I'm go hoping, up. <laughs> right, I'm That's hoping right. for the best. I'm expecting the worst, right? Um, but the first week's been a nightmare, right? Obviously, it, not my internet, but CCSD's internet has yeah. gone down. I've had teachers not show up uh, for classes. I don't know if it was their internet that didn't work, that didn't allow them to be digitally there, virtually there, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, looking at my daughter, my son's senior year of high school, 
this is probably one of the most important times, if not one of the funnest times that I had right growing up, right? Is, is mm-hmm. my senior year of high school. I did all my credits. I have a shorter schedule. I get to hang out with my friend. All of that it doesn't exist, especially digitally. So um, do I see them learning a whole lot? No, not so much. I mean, even in this first week, yeah, my kids are doing their homework. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But honestly, they, I think they were online maybe an hour and a half for the whole day, you know, with two classes, three classes or whatever it is. And it was short, sweet. They shut it down and they went off to do their quick little whatever, submit their email to their teacher. And, you know, for them, I think they really feel like it's an extended summer right now. That's just kind of like, well, I don't have to go to school and I'm not with anybody so I can just do whatever I want. So that's yeah. kind of like the attitude they had. Um I'm hoping it gets better. I'm hoping these teachers find a way and it's not their fault by any means. I support every single one of you out there, but uh, something needs to exist to engage these children more uh, because they're staring at a screen and you lose them, right? It's just like holding a business conference or any sort of sales pitch in any point of my life and career is if I don't have you in the first 15 seconds, I've lost you for the whole thing because I'm not going to be engaged. I'm going to zone out to my phone or I'm going to zone out to something else or there's a distraction because I'm in my room and I could stare at the window or the wall or whatever because I have to physically be present doesn't mean I'm absorbing what's being taught to me. No, for sure. And it's so hard, especially when you have tactile learners or, I mean, the the myriad of learning styles and types. If you're going to put a kid in front of a video, uh, in front of a computer screen and expect him to learn when it's someone like my son, Jaden, he needs to touch. He needs to feel. He needs. Oh, that's me. I'm hands down a hands on hands on learner. Mm -hmm. I have to be, I've I've always been that way. You can show me something a hundred times on a piece of paper on a screen. I'm not going to get it until I do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to physically touch it, do it. Like when I'm learning something new at work, I tell the person who's teaching me, get up, let me sit here because I will go through these steps with your instructions in the background, but that's how I learn. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my suggestion to some of these teachers was I was wishing that they would pre-record some mini lessons and have them on a digital library some way so that I can go back and revisit it with my kids. Right. I'm not good in math. I could tell you that. Honestly, I suck at it. I barely made it out of, you know, geometry or whatever, but, uh, my kids are doing calculus, right? Cause they're honor students, which I'm super proud of them. Can I help them? Absolutely not. Are they going to Google how to do this crap? Absolutely. And it's not going to be the way they're supposed to learn or whatever. So, like I need something to Is be there able a to common core calculus, right? Re- <laughs> rewind, right? I want to be able to rewind the teacher and go, "This is how you do this. Correct. Rewatch this, whether they're that's, fifteen you know, minutes and, or whatever." Exactly. And I talked about that before because we, I think you and I talked about like, or um, me and Rachel talked about it. Um, the the recording of the sessions that's going on, and they claim it's for kids who didn't show up. And my thing is, that's great, that's fine, but why don't you instead? have a library of lesson 1.1, whatever it is, and then have that library. So teach like parents or like, I know grandparents who are having to do this with their, with their grandchildren. And they're like, I'm lost. We live in a digital age, so I can understand all that, but why they didn't come. Why am I the guy with this idea or you with this idea? Right. When the school district and their job is to teach these kids, out the gate, it should have been a blue background or a black background or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Your teacher, 
their career, right? It's their career to do this. I, and I understand lesson plans and like, again, all respect to teachers, right? But oh, taking job, some sure. time to record a 15 minute power session of what you're going to teach during that class, right? Record it, upload it to the database. If my internet goes down, I can go back and rewatch it. Right. I can access it from if any point if or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. The whole, anything that could happen in life right now due to our unprecedented due circumstances. Not, yeah. And not only that, should but be think accessible. Of, yeah. Think of the, right. I could watch Netflix on demand right now. Anything I want, right? I should be able to log in right. Two months ago when we knew we were doing this digital thing, Teachers should have started uploading lesson plans. And into that's what I would have done. Thing. I would have been I like, you know what? To make my life easier, I'm going to record my week. Exactly. And label it out so kids can know. Because then, like, what if you have one? What if you have a slow learner who has to keep going yep. back? What if you have an accelerated learner who's like, you know, what? I did this. Uh, can I move on to tomorrow? Can I, you know, can I accelerate up? Like my plan when I taught, when I taught, I had a whole month planned out. Like, I was ready mm-hmm. for my whole month. I had everything I needed, all my manipulatives, all my lessons, all my, I had it all ready. And then I could, I could go like that in a, in a heartbeat. But why didn't they decide to go, you know what, we need to, like, I would have recorded. Yep. Like, like I said, I 15 minutes, right? Yeah, and especially in the increments. hard stuff like math, science, stuff like that. I can for understand sure. history, right? Okay, you can record history, but you're reading out of a book, right? If the kid has the book or whatever, you can you can Google history, right? The the facts yeah. are the facts are the facts. It doesn't change. So Hopefully not, but yeah. Right, <laughs> knock on wood, we haven't gotten that far yet, but I'm not saying that couldn't happen, yeah. but yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean? But anything that you physically have to teach me how to do, right? Two plus two and carry the, like all that kind it's of stuff. It's not five, by the way. Mm. So I need to go back, but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> we get my no, point, yeah. right? Like no, it, for sure. it, I could learn that way. Even if I had to watch it over and over and over again, I could at least break down an algebra problem and then apply that to whatever homework you're giving me and go, okay, it's going to be the same format, right? Correct. And, or at least teach the algorithm, teach you how to solve that issue. And then say, right. here, here are three examples that I've just done for you. And then you can be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I can right. do it now. I can teach my child right. the way my child learns. Right. But instead the answer was just email your teacher who doesn't respond in a timely fashion because not no fault to them. They have a thousand kids that they have to teach. Right. Because if you're a high school student, you have, you know, six classes of 35 or 40 kids. How do you, you can't. Well, I that's, just, I, I think can. just going back to, in my opinion, being kind of the outside, you know, I have a former teacher over here and I, and I have uh, a dad over here with kids in school where my kids are homeschooled. And I'm just looking at it like, we just need to open up. We need to open, let the kids go back to school. Um, they need that so, social interaction, 100%. right? Uh, how many kids are out there just depressed? Right. right? I mean, we well, had... Uh, how many kindergartners can't learn on a screen because it's kindergarten? And that's right. a hands-on... And we're already, there's videos out there already of... Right. Kindergartners are just like not even paying attention. They're just like, no, you can't. They're going to be distracted and they're not going to stare at that screen Mm because it's not entertainment, right? So they're not going to zone out like you hand a kid a tablet with YouTube on it and they zone out, right? It's, it's not. Right. For me, I look at kindergarten as the introductory of being able to follow instructions from a, a superior, right? Whether mm-hmm. that's you're going to the middle, this, that you are learning as a little human to, okay, mom and dad aren't here. I'm going to listen to my teacher and I'm going to learn how to follow in line and be socially active with a group of individuals that may or may not act like me. Right. right. Well, and the thing that's and you got to learn me, that how to have yeah. human interaction, yep. even with a teacher, someone who's not your parents, to properly interact and not throw a tantrum or whatever and be uh, uh, deviant. 
yep. uh, socially. So well, and what's like hard, what's I think, on. is with kinder, like for a lot of us parents, like we know kinder should be play, interaction, social interaction, meeting other people, learning how to communicate, finding out who you are and and what type of person you want to be and seeing how other people act. I think kinder is one of those things where like maybe you might be socially awkward, but then I see Chris over there acting normal. I'm like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to act. Okay, so then I'm going to do that. But you don't have that. Now you have kids who, let's be honest, you can maybe capture their attention for 20 minutes bands. And then after that, you've got to do something. you got to keep, it's got to move, 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 move to keep them excited and inter, and interacted and entertained and uh, engaged. Right, right. And and now Good you've got degree. them in front of a, a computer for two hours. I don't even know. How long is Kinder on? I don't know. Noah's not in, luckily, uh, he's not in kindergarten yet. He's, okay. he's got a year Still to go. Pre. But uh, I have neighbors okay. and friends that have children in there. And it's, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say from what I'm understanding them explaining to me, it's about an hour, hour and a half or so okay. of, like, digital. And then I, I I honestly think they just call it quits because they can't. But I don't know how long they're supposed to be in there because you go to class for three hours if you're a kindergartner. Correct, so, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. I just, I, and I feel so bad, like the single moms who have to work or the single dads who have to work or the, the families with double incomes are like, you can't like, well, and it goes back insane. to what we talked about with, um, our, uh, schools. Uh, if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out. Uh, you have the little kids that we're talking about right now. Uh, the social aspect of your high school, like you said, one of them's a senior now. Uh, that's well, both, of, both of them are. Both, yeah. of, them both of them are, okay. So I remember my senior year, too. It was the best you year know, in high like, school. Are they going to get senior prom? Are they yeah. going to get, you well, know? Well, I can promise that my kids will because they'll be throwing it at my house. But, I mean, uh, awesome. I can't say you. that yeah. every parent will be doing that. You know what I mean? And, and these are life experiences I want my kids to have. But right. is it going to be a real prom? No, it's going to be in my backyard or whatever it is with maybe 10 or 15 kids that show up. You know what right. I mean? Like, so. and, that, and that's such... Especially now that we have the CDC coming out saying, okay, we can start dialing things down a little bit. We have uh, medical experts. It's not me saying it. It's medical experts saying, okay, now we have treatments because now we got the the plasma thing going on. Uh, And we we should be dialing down. And the numbers are even showing that um, it's not a pandemic. It's not a pandemic anymore. Um, the numbers are showing like, yeah, I mean, you're right. People hate it when you compare it to the flu. It's, it's the same numbers or at least close to the same numbers as the flu. And with a 99.8%, you know, and I want to like, I want to take where we're at today and look at 2025 where now you've got kids who are trying to get into college. Or maybe graduate. Look at how many kids are going to lose scholarships for sports, right? You could have been an A athlete and that was your way out of whatever and you wanted to pursue sports and now nobody's going to look at you? Correct. And that's like like the ramifications and the detriment of what we've got going on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It... it doesn't just stop when this stops. It you continues know. on. And the and dumbing and the continually lacking. dumbing down of oops, I just yeah. the continually dumbing down of society, which yep. is happening and everyone's like okay with it. Right. Can yeah. you picture a world where this continues, let's say, let's call it five years, right? My kids, right, growing up will be no better off and no you know, acquired skill set or anything because they couldn't get it and they what are they to going home. to contribute right 
And this and unless is, they go these to the, the armed forces they, or something like yeah. that, they're not going to be able to actively contribute to their best ability in society. Can they go out and get jobs? Absolutely. I got them working right now. But what are you going to do, right? If well, you can't was, go to college, yeah. if you can't go to a school, you're going to digitally learn. If digitally learning didn't happen for you your senior year of high school, you're going to be less inclined to take your own initiative to seek it out and do something mm-hmm. later. Again, my opinion, but I know my children. I, I, I look at it going, that ain't going to work. Well, like you said, just to go full, full circle from the beginning of a conversation, how you said, you know, there are people who aren't working. They get food. They get this. They get that. What is the what is the incentive to go and get a job? Now it's not. And now, full circle, now we've now taken that incentive and that self-discipline and that um, proactivity, the, the productive activity, and now we're... You're making it really easy to become a product of your environment. And if your environment is, I have to do nothing and stay home, I'm going to become a couch potato. I'm going to become... Yeah. Nothing. Well, they're encouraging home. that uh, that mentality. That's Just already the bad government, enough. Uh, the government. The government will take. Government will take care of me, and or I'll live with mom and dad. And right. And I would never let my kids go homeless ever. Right. As a parent, I would. Oh, I don't sure. have the heart to do that. But at the same time, I'm also instilling them a work ethic in them right now that they will contribute some way to this world. You know, to make it to make it better. But again, long term, if this thing had to go for five, six, seven years, my kids would be in their twenties going. Might be really easy to just stay at home right now, Dad. Like, yeah. You know, oh exactly. no, for sure. And I and I think you're doing a grand service for your kids and for society and the GDP and all of that in when you're instilling this is what we do. Society, you work hard, you do good. You do good, you work hard, you increase, you promote, you you know, you make you make an effort into society and that's a good thing. And the problem is, is I don't think I'm going to say a 20% to maybe 30% of parents don't do that. So when it comes right down to it, Governor Sisolak, open the damn economy up. That's, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Chris, any last words? Any last words before we... No, me? thank you for having me. It's super uh, enjoyable. I'll do it again anytime you guys yeah, want. Yeah, you are more than welcome guests. to come back. So please, anytime, just let us know. Uh, so on that aspect, let me go over here. I know Chris can't really hear it, but uh, oh, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for watching. Thank you for watching, everyone. Uh, this is a great off. episode, Chris. Again, thank you very much. Uh, you're still on camera, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry, you're still on camera. Uh, <laughs> so uh, again, you've been really awesome and a great conversation. And yeah. let us know if you want to come back and talk about. Yeah, anytime. Else, so. it's fun. We're open for anything. Well. We'll uh, tackle uh, <laughs> UFOs and Bigfoot. So oh, there you go. Oh, right. I love you. Maybe we'll get Rachel on the next time. So. That would be awesome. Chance. It's a chance. <laughs> so uh, remember to uh, also don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and uh, pass this along. And anything else you want to say? No, Chris? Thanks for watching. Good. All right, thanks for fun. watching. And remember, we love you, but... People suck. All right, have a good one, guys. <laughs> right on.